And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Of the beast, <laughs> Nesbitt. How you doing? Good. We're back again. Yeah. yeah. Back after a couple of feisty episodes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm I'm ready today to let's 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 make some peace. Not so much war. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna disagree so much on the run in. I don't feel like we disagreed that much last episode. We had a slight uh, disagreement on like whether it was like a you like that a little, a little bit more than me. That's all. Yeah, yeah. T- two people meet in a park. They're like, "That was awesome. It was extremely awesome. I hate you." They punch <laughs> each other and leave. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how it felt to me. Um, but I think it's just that you know, on the last two songs specifically, they were two songs for me, two tracks that that's have an emotional resonance in the extreme opposite directions. Yeah. Um, not that either one of them, you know, in some cases you, you reflect back on what you said and you're like, you're emphasizing in the moment and you might be overblown it. The rest of the album, uh, I don't have as strong an opinion one way or the other about the songs, even though I, I very much like them. Yeah. Well, Death of the Celts we're doing today. We were tr- supposed to do two yeah. songs last episode, but we got, uh, got next thing you knew, and yes. we were an hour and 10 minutes in, <laughs> so it didn't work out, but we're doing Death of yeah. the Celts today. Um, funny we should like we were going through the album and we're through that yeah first chunk and now we're into this like three song epics at the end which is like yes you know what i mean like we'll do a, a little bit of a recap which is like sinjutsu was we both liked it i feel like it yeah. didn't age very well and i kind of i really liked it you know the first month the album was out and then it, it kind of waned on i still like it but it's kind of i found it didn't yeah, age and, very well and i felt yeah, I yeah. felt it left a little on the table. Keep yeah, going, Stratego yeah. we both loved. It's like Solid Maiden. Yeah. Writing on Definitely. the Wall we both found very strange for Maiden when we first heard it, but then we got used to it, and now we both, like, love it. Yes. Lost in a Lost yes. World I think we both loved. Yes. Days of Future Past is a great rocker. I said it's kind of like the new Wicker Man of this album. Yeah. Uh, we both liked it. Time Machine I absolutely loved, and you did not like very much at all. It's not that I didn't like it. I, it's... Yeah, I didn't like it relatively to a lot of other tracks. Although, you know, it's placement in the tour. I'm coming around yeah. a bit on it, but I mean, I've still, I've listened to it probably a million times or it feels that way and it still is not. No, it's it, it's never going to be one of my favorites. Yeah. And Darkest Hour, I really liked, but you loved and said it was one of your top 10 Maiden tracks. Yeah, yeah. It hits a resonance frequency with me. It's It totally just, yeah. it just jives with me so now we're into death of the celts but uh before yes. we get too much further let's get a beer this is like the longest we've gone without you know cracking a beer it's on this not episode. that long a couple of minutes <laughs> so this beer is um and uh, you know very very apropos with our recent uh uh dublin trip right um, so so i'll just say yeah. we are recording this early a week early yes. before we go to so we're recording this right before we go to dublin to see maiden dublin yeah. and glasgow uh, this yeah. will come out actually right after the at the end of our trip, so uh, exactly. by the time we haven't seen Maiden yet, but by the time this episode comes out, we will have ha- seen several of these songs live, which I can't wait, including exactly. this one, Death of the Celt. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, and and to that end, you know, as we've gone through Sinjitsu, which maybe you know it, it, the tour started, and so all this stuff's happened. We did the live list in the middle. Yeah, 
you know, it's been there's been various stages of this. Maybe we did rush it, as but maybe we should have waited two, three more years and then done Sinjutsu and just covered the album in like three years. We'll cover it in twenty years from now and be like, finally, our, our review is up. Well, so it is. So. Uh, it's not unusual for us to do a review of a Maiden album twenty years after it came out. <laughs> not unusual, definitely. So this one is is very much um, Townsite, right? An Irish stout, right? Yep. And um, cool label, beautiful looking can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very kind of an Irish throwback. But I think an Irish stout is very fitting to prep us for our coming yes. trip. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. All right. Oh, nice. That is beautiful. Although, Smith's and Haddington Road, Keogh's and Seth Ann Street, we're coming for you, Keogh's. <laughs> Get the taps ready. Nesbitt, you're finally, like, you've seen me in Manchester. You've seen me, you know, holding a pint in a million different places. Yeah. You know, there's a thing about Ireland, Josh in Ireland. It's it's It was the place I was meant to be. <laughs> And it's always, you know, I, I I always say with Manchester and Dublin, but more so Dublin. I left a piece of my soul there, and uh, and and it it's my that that small fraction of my soul is sitting at a pub called Kios <laughs> and having a pint, uh, and you know, on Saturday afternoon it's in Smiths. <laughs> so death of the Celts, ten mm. minutes and twenty seconds, and it's a hundred percent Steve Harris writing credit. So Steve uh, Steve came up with this one. I have a quote from Nico. He says, The thing is, Steve, when he writes a piece of music, he has a complete sketch in his mind of where it's going with all these different, lovely, different harmonies. Plus, he's very considerate of the fact that we have three guitar players in the band, and he writes around for one solo from that man, one from that man, and one from that man. So I think Steve kind of wrote it, left gaps for solos, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And Yannick... Yannick says, uh, there were so many melodies and riffs floating around in the studio. Songs like Death of the Celts were done in parts. Sometimes we'd be playing three-part harmonies together, and there were a lot of tempo changes. Steve would have a riff and a melody for us to memorize, and there would be a tempo change. Then we'd be back to the melody, but a different tempo. It wasn't an easy album to make. So, uh, yeah, that's Yannick. And Adrian also said, I saw an interview with him where he said this song was never played all the way through from beginning to end in the studio. They kind of recorded parts and pieced it together. So there must have been a lot of rehearsals before they uh, got ready to do the slide. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I wouldn't wouldn't imagine that listening to it. To me, you know, it is a long epic. It's a slow roll in. It's a slow roll out. There's so many solos. But it is, what do you say? I would say it's tightly knit. There's a consistent feel it's through cool. it all. It's like a ride. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is like a ride. That's a good way to analyze it. I find the the this this part of the album there's kind of a, almost like these formulaic epics. You know, I, I confused it last last week. I think I called it ballads. Oh yeah. Like yeah. you know the long drawn out like the epic model that they fill of just like the slow roll in right. the the wind up fantastic you know fantastic lyrics. Yeah. So what? How do you feel about like these last three songs all being the length that they are? I mean, it's these last three songs are like thirty-five minutes of music. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's a lot of a lot of long songs at the end. And I mean, when this album came out, there were the early reviews. There was a lot of people saying like 
the songs are too long and maidens writes you know they need to trim their songs down too much repetition you hear that all the time um i don't know yeah my 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 one my one criticism about this is that there's there's so the, the these back to back to back epics and they all roll in and roll out yeah they're padded with a significant amount of which you could you know it kind of kills the momentum a bit but it does it at least they're they're such long epics that they, it isolates them in your mind which yeah. is a good thing so they don't try to flow together yeah, yeah. so that's good but one thing i mean not to jump to the end but one of the things about this song like the you know it never reaches you know the 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 hallowed kind of crescendo my new word or you know it doesn't yeah. hit that height i agree but with it's, you, yeah. it's fantastic but I don't like its placement in the album. Like, I feel like Death of the Celts gets, like, wedged at front. Then there's this giant parchment. There's Hell on Earth. We'll get into those later. Yeah. If you had placed this as, like, a third or fourth track, it'd be completely different. Yeah, and I agree specifically, with you on that. Yeah. yeah, and if you used it as a lead-in to, like, Stratego, this is such a good kind of ramp up. The solo's really good. Then you'd drop Stratego after this, right? That would be so good. And So I feel like it kind of, Death of the Celts kind of gets, to me, when I listen through them, obviously I'm a Darkest Hour Die Hard. Yeah. Then I feel like there's this, and then of course, Hell on Earth is a banger. We're gonna, you know, spoiler alert, and you know, <laughs> the Parchment's its own thing, which we'll get into next week. I find it, it its position doesn't do it justice. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that maybe where they had Book of Souls and Bruce Dickinson had Empire of the Clouds at 18 minutes at the end of that album? Yeah. And kind of took a lot of the attention of like that was a lot of the, when you know you read about when book of souls dropped everyone was talking about this 18 minute song and that was like the big the big takeaway from a lot of people that were like talking about this album and i'm wondering if steve harris is like okay i'm gonna give you you know you do your 18 your little piano song at the end for 18 minutes and uh i'm gonna like knock it out with like three in a row 100 percent my writing credits i'm gonna like just shine at the end of this and do like the steve harris thing is that why those three do you think are like put together i don't know i mean it's like you're going through it's like the iron maiden album and then steve harris is like okay it's time for me to like show you this is what steve harris is all about yeah but it's different i mean this is a a a song on the on the tour uh you know the the r101 has a real story the the literally the song is long but it goes through it it even emulates the crash in the song it's a it's a giant you know, it's a story of what happened, and it's long, and it's drawn out, and it's a back end of the album, and it's a single, and it's it's it's, it's unique. This to me is just like there is a formulaic kind of multiple epics back to back to back that don't really that aren't uh, that, that there's no real connection between them in my mind. Yeah, I don't or at think least so I view either. them yeah, discreetly. Me too. And so it's just one, two, three, all massive, and it's kind of a weird arrangement at the back end. I mean, it, you know. The Empire of the Clouds analogy, I don't know if it's there. I would have spaced him out a little more. I mean, I love, you know, not to jump ahead, but I love Hell on Earth at the, at the back end. That's excellent. Yeah, there. that's a good closer, yeah. Yeah, Death of the Celts could have been pushed for me. That's the one that I always think, like, why wedge it up to the parchment? I just, I don't know. that The two of them, they flow together well. They, it's a good listening experience, but it doesn't give it the stage it needs. At least that's the way I, 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 I perceive it, you know. And I'm not saying rejig the album. It's just, it doesn't stand out enough and that's also you yeah. know how hard i resonate with with darkest hours so that could be the bias there so yeah the placement on the album now that you say it i think this one especially i think would be a bit better wedged in somewhere at the beginning of the album 
like in the first yeah. four songs, like maybe a couple songs in, and then come out of it with like a really high tempo one. Um, yeah. yeah, but I mean, as far as the song, this song itself, Death of the Celts being too long, like I think it's it's the perfect length to like accomplish what it's supposed to do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, it's Modern Maiden. Either you like it yeah. or you don't. I like Modern Maiden. Some people don't like Modern Maiden. Like, I happen to... Usually, these days, if I'm reaching for a Maiden album, I tend to... My mind tends to go to post-Brave New World albums. That's just kind of... You know what I mean? And every now and then I'll... I mean, I'll I listen to it all, but that's kind of... I don't know. I really like this Modern Maiden that you know this kind of style of music that they're writing so like people can feel free to like whatever they want but like songs like this are like a huge part of what uh like iron maiden are all about at this phase in their career you know what i mean like the long songs and it started i don't know they i mean they've always had long songs right they've had somewhere in time has an eight minute song at the end seventh son is 10 minutes around 10 minutes you know, Rhyme of the yeah. Ancient Mariners, 13, or around there, or over 13, I think. Um, then yeah. you got, like, Tamerland, Hallowed, there were long songs. The... And then, I know, then you get into X Factor, where you get into the, like, 11-minute songs. And then you get to Brave New World, where you're getting multiple songs over eight minutes. Final Frontier has, like, more than, um, over half the album is over eight minutes. So that's when you're really getting into it, right? And then Book Souls has a few that are, like, you know... Well, it has that 18-minute song at the end. So they've kind of totally. been going more and more as they progress into writing, like, longer and longer songs. And uh, I don't know. People complain about the length, but, like, I don't want I don't want Iron Maiden to take a No Prayer for the Dying left turn <laughs> at this point in their career no. and be like, we're going back to the basics, you know, jeans and T-shirts, and we're going to we're gonna write three minute songs and i don't know we're gonna try to do killers again because that's not you know that's not the band that they're anymore like it's not where they yeah. are but there's there's a bit of a formula to these long songs like i find it's the same kind of thing there's like there's the 40 second to two minute intro lead. yeah and you know and then that usually leads in then there tends to be just that slow ramp up and then i find that they the one thing you cannot complain about specifically in the last four five albums at least maybe you can probably even back to the return of bruce the lyrics have been so strong so yeah. like on these on these epics so there's always and and this one doesn't do it doesn't doesn't uh doesn't let you down at all doesn't disappoint the, then they kind of plow through and roll up and usually do a chorus or two k- kill like a, a half or two-thirds of the lyrics yeah then they're you know you're at a four or five minute part there's usually a lull and and all the epics there is a a two to three minute window where they hammer out generally two or three or four solos and sometimes there's a space in the middle sometimes they stagger them and throw a chorus in the middle but there's that that period then they come back finish the lyrics and then there's usually an instrumental wind down so there's, there's this constant structure here but the thing i'd say about it is if you you know if you're like oh i, I dislike the the length of the songs versus the way it used to be a lot of that is the lead-in and then there's a bigger showcase for like solos and instrumentals in the middle yeah and you know, to me, the lead-ins and that it doesn't bother me. Um, but the the, uh, the 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 you know triple quadruple solos, the back to back, like double Adrian solos. You know, yeah. uh, it. I I think it's 
it adds a lot. Yeah, I really like yeah. the longer songs, and I mean, if people listen I to this too. podcast, they know that I love the long songs. Uh, mm. I love the builds. I think these slow builds they just lead to like a bigger payoff most of the time in like yep. era, you know, these later era songs. Um, these like longer songs you kind of kind of listen to more than your average song to kind of they kind of reveal themselves the more you listen. You know what I mean? Um, I think. A lot of the early reviews of this album uh, were kind of critical on the long songs, and I think they kind of missed out on that. They, like, you know, you listen to an album a bunch of times in a row to try to beat the other sites with your review or try to get, like, an episode out where it's, like, our hot take on on Sinjutsu that came out, you know, they got an MP3 download <laughs> two days early, and they, they're trying to get a review out, and, like, I don't know, this hot take thing, like, I don't want to hear people's first impressions of a Maiden album. I want to hear your, like, 50th impression of a Maiden album. Or, in this case, our, like, 300th. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, well, you we just you to... need patience for these songs to sink in. And I think no one has that anymore. They want a song. Yes. They want, like, give me the riff. Give me the hook. Let me rock out to the Maiden song. And then, like, I'll get on to the next one. And I'm like, well, these ones, this doesn't happen with these ones. These ones, the hook's there, but you really got to, like, live with it for a while. And I don't know. I think... People yeah, are kind this of missing is, out this on is, that. This is very much, you know, this is, this really comes down to a bias now of how you consume media. So, like, for me to sit here and say, you know, that doesn't bother me is a little bit hypocritical because I find more and more with everything I watch, you know, I'm a YouTube guy. I've talked about that before. Like, I, I find now longer videos harder to watch. I'm shortening everything up. I'm watching it on 2X. There's no question our attention spans are being shrunk. Yeah. However, with music, and you know, that's one of the things like I'm I've always been an album listener. Yeah. Like I listen to it when I drive, I listen to it when I run, I listen to it at the gym, I listen to it asleep, and I listen to it at work. I almost I, I love my vinyl and all that stuff, but I almost never sit down and put on it and read through the lyrics and go, Oh, you know, it's five minutes, that's four. So to me, if if you've got three songs that are ten minutes or six songs that are five minutes, it means beans to me. And that's why, for me, I always think in terms of albums. Yeah. And I've always been like that. So anyone who's worried about the length of these, I always wonder how they're consuming it. Or maybe, you know, it's just me. Maybe I'm always just, I, I'm i so field-driven. I just tune stuff out and it usually is just background. I just yeah. listen and listen and it becomes a part of my experience. And that that's probably a, a fair criticism as well. I just don't, I don't see the world, like we're not in a radio clip world anymore. I don't see why the, the length of the track matters at all. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't actively listen to music. They just kind of like, I don't know, they they have it on, it's like background, or it's on shuffle, or it comes on and like something recommends it, and it plays like, say, Death of the Celts comes on, and they're like, oh my god, will they get to the chorus already? Like, what's the song all about? And then they hit next, right? Like, I think, I feel like people... People's like Iron Maiden and people were going along this road and there's like a fork in the road and Iron Maiden went one way with like their song yep. structures and everyone else went the other way with their attention spans. And it's like yes. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's it's I think people just don't have time to I don't know, it's hard to put like it's hard to I can't really speak for other people or how they like consume music, but like this song from for example, this song these last three epics to me yeah, I listened to these three epics so many times, more than the rest of the album. Um, you remember last summer I was like biking out to the cabin all the time, and that's like a good, yeah, that's a good like four hour bike ride. 
And I remember listening to, you know, I'd have a playlist and it'd be like, okay, Death of the Celts five times, The Parchment five times, Hell on, Hell on Earth five yeah. times. And like, especially this song, if you're like biking and you're like kind of zoned out and you're just kind of like going along yeah. for hours and this song comes on and it's just like, it's the perfect music. And it's, I don't know. I feel like if I was, I don't know, trying to do something with this in the, I guess it I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say. No, I can say it. Yeah. I can. I, I know exactly. If you're this summer sitting out in the backyard grilling with your friends, if you've got this album on the background, it's a perfect album for that. There's no question. Now, people might be like, well, you know, I don't know, Taylor Swift or whatever the hell is, is, is that, they, that yeah. people are used to just tuning into. Um, you know, they might, they might recognize the tracks more. This is a fantastic, like, just background. One of the things about me and why I resonated so much with Darkest Hours, if if it if it was playing, and we were say just you know smoking uh, uh, moose or chicken wings like we do, and we're just having a beer shooting shit, if the Darkest Hour comes on, I'm gonna stop and like rock out. Yeah. And the same with you know the same with uh, Stratego, and you know with Hell on Earth, and and there are moments in here, notably the solos, which we'll talk about a bit. So, you know, it depends how you consume it. So with the length piece. But this is a, an ideal album for just enjoying in background, and Death of the Celts is just a fantastic part of yeah. that. Yeah, and so just maybe I, I, there's so much about it. I absolutely love it. I don't know if it's yeah. if it's it's good for people like me and you to listen to in the background, mm. but I don't yes. think this would be something to put on for you know if you're having a backyard barbecue with a bunch of people that don't know Iron Maiden because I think that these songs are not like. You put a Taylor Swift album on, and the second time the album's through, you already like know the hooks from half the songs because they're so, you know, I mean they're really catchy songs. You know, these yeah. they're they're catchy, hooky, pop songs, and they're like really really good as far as like being catchy hooky pop songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this is these are oh, this totally. is like the opposite of that. This is something that like the first time you listen through it, you're kind of like, what was that about? Was there where did that go? Like it was all over the place, and there was a guitar solo and like. You really have to totally. invest time, and the more you invest in these songs, I think the bigger the payoff. And no one invests oh. time in music anymore, I think. So that's where I think a lot of the bad reviews are coming from. So that's that's you're actually getting back to where where the the length of these tracks can be an impediment to the album is that you have to invest even more time to get into. Yeah, them. but I would push. Well, if you back want to listen to like I a mean... Taylor Swift song five times, you can take yeah. fifteen minutes and listen to it five times. If you want to listen to Death of the Celts, you need like an hour to listen to it yeah. five times. And, so. you know, I just want to say, like, you know, we always joked in the past about Ariana Grande and all this. Like, Taylor Swift, people, people get on, you know, I see it online with the Haynes. Taylor Swift is an amazing musician. Oh, yeah. And what she's done in terms of reaching people. And my, my sister took her family down and saw her in Nashville. You know, and I was all for it. She was like, oh, we're going to see Taylor Swift. And I think she was kind of like. What's Josh gonna say? You know, metal guy travels. I was like, that's awesome. Like, I'd love to see Taylor Swift oh, yeah, with a too. fan of Taylor yeah, Swift. I'd love to take I mean, my I'm daughters not... to see Taylor Swift. Totally, that'd be awesome. I'd love to go. You should listen and, to and, the yeah. Taylor Made podcast where they compare the uh, the music of Iron Maiden and Taylor Swift. I saw that <laughs> online. Is that an actual, podcast, an actual podcast or was that a joke? No, it's actual. It's an actual podcast. No way. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to get into that now, but uh, check that out, everybody. <laughs> We're going to have to cover that at some stage. Now, if there was a grande slash tire maiden, I'd be like, get me on there. Is there any chance I can meet Ariana? I just need her to sign my arm so I can get a tattoo underneath her signature. But, uh, yeah, so Death of the Celts, we should uh, probably get into it now. This is uh, mm. <laughs> some rambling. Basically, though, I think, like, with this album and Modern Maiden, 
and I think this album is basically what you're going to get. You have like six musicians and they're all being very democratic. Yes. Like when you read the history, if you go back and listen to us talk about the, all those other albums, there's these huge fights in the studio and people screaming at each other and, you know, people blowing up at each other. I think this is like everyone's democratic. Everyone gets their ideas heard. Everyone gets a chance totally. to contribute. They workshop shop the ideas. You know, there's like this diversity on the song structures in this album because everyone's throwing ideas in. And then Steve Harris has these epics and no one pushes back. Like he lets them put their songs in and they kind of let him do his thing with his songs. And, you know, after all these years, Maiden, they just kind of like, I don't know, they get along and there's no fights and everyone gets to, but, I don't know. Look, look but, what but happens that, when you push back too hard. That's when yeah. you get a no prayer and Adrian leaves and, you know, that, yes. I don't know. But on, but on that note, so there is a theme that when someone drives a song, you know, you tend to see, like, Yannick's involved with a song. There's a great Yannick solo. Adrian does a yeah. song. There's a great Adrian solo. This one is an epic, uh, and but it has such a prominent bass line and Sahara song. Oh, yeah. But one thing that he does is he showcases everybody in the song. Yeah, yeah. Right? So everybody has their moment in the That's song. That's what I mean like, I by the when lyrics. I think it's very democratic. Like, it's not... Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, democratic, but also that the, 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 the emperor is, is handed out, you know, to people. Like, it is... Well, maybe, maybe they were in there, you know, because they influenced it, but... I think you know. There's everybody has an excellent solo in this, including I would argue Harris. Yeah, I would, and yeah. you know, the the I, I find the drumming is good. Does not not crazy stand out. And in the the lyrics, there's not it doesn't blow you away. But I think Bruce is fantastic, specifically in the lead up in the beginning, and it's just it showcases everybody. So more to your point, absolutely, it's not like they're 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 arguing over style. There's a place for everybody here. So as we're going through this song. It's hard to not compare it to the Klansman because it's like it is. I don't know how much it's like. It's hard for me to tell if it's actually that much like the Klansman because, like, before the song even came out, when they just released the track listing, everyone saw Death of the Celts and they're like, "Oh, it must be the Klansman Part 2. And so I kind of had that. Min- you know, what I mean, that's already in my mind when I hear the song for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Steve Harris obviously obviously knows people are going to compare them when he names. You know, when you name a a song "Death of the Celts," I think he kind of knows that people are going to think Klansmen were. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, you have two uh, long songs. One's like nine. One's ten. They both yeah. take over two minutes to kick in. They're both kind of very cinematic sounding, but yeah. you know, they are. I guess they're they're comparable, but it's hard for me to tell how much this sounds like the Klansmen <laughs> because my mind is already there before I even hear it. I don't get that. Other than that loose connection, there. yeah. I mean, even in even in the pace and the pattern and the the Klansman for me is so dominated in my mind by the live experience, yeah. That I really, you know, when I listen to the when I listen to it, the album version of it, it, it's so muted, yeah, compared to just people screaming around. And I could just never see that happen for Death of the Celts. I just don't feel the same passion or energy. Not that it's, it's hard to tell, though, because company. now, listen, in a week, we're going to see this live, and then we'll see how we feel about it then. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have the chorus that just hammers That's home, true. That was know? one of my like, comments that I was so going to say easy. later. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, the Klansman is, is, the Klansman is the fair, the dark, the run to the hills. It's instantly catchable. Yeah. It's so easy. It's so, you know, you can just chew it up and spit it out. You could go to your th- second concert where Iron Maiden heard, heard the album twice, and you can sing along. Yeah. You don't have that hair. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, yeah. I think The Klansman is a much catchier song. Um, this one's more of kind of a... It's a thing that just kind of grows and, like, kind of develops as... You know, it gradually builds and builds and builds, like... Yeah. But they both have, and they, they both have like, a pretty mellow intro. So I could see how you'd think, like, when you hear this, I think you could kind of think Klansman-esque for the intro. It's like, you know, bass doubled by the guitar. It's kind of cool. Uh, it's a good setup. It, it's very cinematic. And again, you got some keyboards in there. And I don't know. It's a good build. So far, so good. Yeah, well, the build up, excellent. You know, when you compare this song to the to the clans person, <laughs> um, you definitely, you definitely, um, you know, the clansman's got the energy. Yeah. It's got the Scottish flags. It's got those guys we've seen at the concert. It's, it's, it's. It's a part of Maiden lore. The lyrics on this just are are a hundred times better. Like the you Klansman think? is popular because it's. Cause I it's really campy. like the Klansman lyrics though. Yeah, but this it's so campy. There's one area where I think this is this is I think this is more of like you know one of those snobbery musicians tunes versus the, yeah. the Klansman, which yeah, is more of a, a campy Maiden. Yeah. That you know that that's one where I'll put in the column of death of the Celts. And I'm not saying that I like death of the Celts more than the Klansman. Yeah, well, it is it, the you lyrics know, are cool, and that intro verse is pretty cool. The road it winds uphill all the way, ride to glory on this day. Remember now to do him so proud, and God we trust. Cry it out loud, redeem myself of winning ways. Remember all. Yeah, and it just, uh, it goes, you know, you can hear how it, like, kind of gradually, you know, he's singing and it gradually changes melody a little bit and it's just, uh, it's building and building. And then there's the kick It's fantastic. Yeah. It, and it kicks in, but you actually just end, that clip was fantastic, but it ends, you, you kind of cut off the last couple of lyrics, the burden of blood, the breaketh of bone, yeah. the battlefield, now I make it my own. That's fantastic. That's yeah. poetry, man. This the, the, the lyrics, the lyrics through this whole album are really, really good. Like, I don't care. I, I, so many times I read it, I'm like, that's really, really good. That, that you know, I've, I've highlighted various parts of camp. Uh, which, you know, there's good camp and bad camp and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But man, oh, all in all, like the lyrics are fantastic. And I still find that, you know, they oscillate around the same theme so many times, but they still find these <laughs> lyrical hooks and multiple lines. And I'm like, how did they not do that before? And how is that not a repeat? And I find myself searching them sometimes. I'm like, they had to use that before. Yeah. Because that, that just tells you in the moment you read it that that is Maiden. And I'm like, they've said that before and they haven't. And I'm like, oh god, that's that. Then that's the definition of a perfect lyric because as soon as you read it, it's made, and, and you actually feel like it's ripped off because it's already their voice. I love it. Yeah, no, that's cool. And when it kicks in, man, like it's it just takes it to a whole new level. Fantastic. Wait, Lord, above my 
pretty cool. Like, it has a feeling that you don't get in, in, in I don't know if you have it in any other Maiden songs, where it's almost like a sea shanty or like a beer hall sing-along. That part, it's got like this, like, do 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 you know what I mean? It's, uh... Yeah, and... It, I can see, like, and I, us with, like, beer steins in our hands and, like, swinging them back and forth and <laughs> spilling beer everywhere. Totally. Totally. But, you know, again, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, like... Like, Lord above, my spirit says, death is not proud, no more, no less. Power of my soul will be free. Deliver us on to victory. Like, wither a pain that's almost a joy. Wander there, my heart will destroy. Dreaming of days of our youth again. Strangely, no wonder memories remain. Like, it's so good. The lyrics, like, just read these lyrics. They're fantastic. Like, who wrote this? Like, Harris, obviously, but I mean, absolutely fantastic. But it's, it's pretty cool. Like, it's long and repetitive. Right, which yeah. people and kind of like plotting or whatever. Not this one doesn't really plot. This one kind of like swings or whatever. But it's long and repetitive. But I think that's kind of the point. Yes. It's like this hypnotic thing, and it's like I told you I listened to this a lot when I was biking, and it was like perfect when you're like biking and you're just like, I don't know. By the time the chorus comes in, you're like full on like, you know, got a good clip going. <laughs> totally, I I listen to it when I run. I mean, it's it's awesome. And, you know, I noticed it when I was listening to Sinjitsu when I was running. I noticed it now when I'm playing the tour list. And it is fantastic. And it has a slow build. And the lyrics, you yeah. know, I'll beat that to death. But the way that Bruce sings them, and then, of course, it just leads right into the amazing solos. Yeah, and it. this chorus is like, uh, it, it, it's a great chorus, too. So you have like, you know, almost four minutes and then, you know, well, you have like three and a half minutes and then you have this like chorus uh, with spirits cry for a god from the grave. And like, then after that chorus is done, it's the first time that you finally get like kind of a new riff. You know what I mean? It's like, there's variations on kind of the same thing for like minutes. And then this is what I mean by the slow grow, which is. You know, it's a slow grower, this song. It's pretty cool. Um, I do agree with what you said earlier about, like, the Klansman's chorus with the freedom. Yeah. Is more of a powerful, like, this chorus, like, you know, if you're, when it's live, it's going to be like, spirits cry for God from the grave and people will be singing. But it's not the same as everyone just going freedom, freedom, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's. The freedom course is something you can like rally around. Where this is something that only hardcore people that memorize the lyrics are going to know. Yeah. Okay. I want to. I want to say something. So, yeah. like, I think the, the chorus doesn't deliver the way the 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 clansman does. But that's part of what I was saying earlier about how you really got to learn to like live with these songs for a while and get to know them. Because yeah, if you listen to the song a hundred times, the course kind of yeah. does. But I don't think like. For your casual fan, they're going to, like, identify the way they will with, like, freedom. The word freedom. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I, I justify that a different way. It's like, you know, roses are red, violets are blue is memorable, but it's not the best poetry. Yeah. Right? So it's like, you know, I, I love the depth of the lyrics here. One thing I want to instill to everyone, though, is that remember, like, people, 
I, you know, I, I've talked about this in the podcast before. Like Braveheart is such a funny mix for like Scottish people. It's become so endeared. But when it first came out, there was a lot of people about historical gaps. The fact that a Australian, but really was American, Mel Gibson was perceived as an American, did the movie. The Scottish people didn't love it right away. Over time, that movie Braveheart, you know, people started wearing the gear to rugby and soccer games, and then it became like a cult thing, and it totally filled up. And he fought with the blue face. Which was a throwback. It's not. I don't think that's historically accurate. That it was the Celts, the Irish Celts, and uh, well, I guess you could say as well. You know, the 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 Welsh, the Cornish. This is where my my history knowledge fails a little. But the Celts originally, when they fought the Romans, um, they would shave their heads back. Uh, they would recede their forehead, and they would they would fight naked, and they would paint themselves in like bluish ink. Okay, I don't know where they got the bluish ink from, but there was a fantastic book that outlined it for me. It was just an overview. It's a it's one of these secondary source books. I think it was Thomas Cahill's uh, "How the Irish Saved Civilization." I read that years ago. It was a very good kind of catch all for Irish history, a good entry point into it. But uh, you know, I, I remember. You know, I, some friends who were Irish scholars, and they would talk about how the Celts would instill fear. And so when I read about this, one of the things, like the, the warrior Celt has no fear, I think about a Celt, you know, painted in war paint, fighting naked, and they were seen to be, they, they were, you know, you could, the analogy you could draw was the Germanic hordes that fought in the Romans, but obviously they, they were Celts and they were on the island of Ireland and, and, in, and, in, and in England, uh, what was what was in England, but... And they would paint themselves and they would act very crazy. So when I see that, that's the visualization I have. The, the blue face of, of Braveheart was kind of a modernized version of that. Now, whether or not they painted themselves blue or not, I, I can't remember exactly. But the, they would fight naked. They would be crazy and they would shave their heads. It was pretty cool. So that's the visualization. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool up to here. And then, like, this is where, you know, it's the if you're patient and you love the song up to here, this is where it starts to, like, pay off really with these, like, solos. Like the first solo with Adrian. Adrian lays that solo down, which is a super solid solo. I mean, it's not one of his best solos in the album or anything, but it's it's, it's pretty cool. And then you come in with that, like, riff, which is it's kind of like a sped-up variation of the initial riff. Like, it's... it's The whole song is in kind of, like, 6-8. It's like a 1-2-3, 1-2-3, 1-2-3. And then it's like... It just speeds up. <laughs> I, I would argue Adrian's solo there. I would say, like, that's, you know, the, the word we've been using, table stakes. It's kind of a standard Adrian solo. <laughs> Where did that I, term I even come his, from? You said it I once, don't even know. like, a few episodes ago, and you've been saying it every episode yeah. since. <laughs> I love it. No, no I, I find it's a pretty standard solo. It's not as, like, exciting as, yeah. as his solo. And, uh, you know, um, writing on the wall, Sinjitsu, he has better solos than those. Yeah. Uh, he has a better solos coming up in the album. He's got a, another solo in this song, yeah. uh, but, but I like it. I think it's really good, and it sets the stage, and it's just kind of, to me, it kicks off into what 
I see as like this long instrumental period. Yeah, it's like this. It's it marks where you move on from that into the next part of the song, which is I think up until now I'm like this is a pretty cool song. It's like building and building and building, and now yeah. you're being rewarded with this like payoff of this epic instrumental part. It's uh, yeah, it's not really a solo. It's just an instrumental part, and this is what makes the song great. Like the intro up to the first chorus is it's it's pretty cool. But I mean, if it wound down after that, I'd be like, eh whatever this yeah. is what we've been building to like this is where it gets good yeah it's like very and cinematic been... and it's just uh this instrumental part is what the song is all about to me for for the four plays over nesbeth <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the four <laughs> plays over now. let's let's get into and it and there's a you know the the there's a the climbing part where the bass climbs and descends, like yeah. And, and is, the cli- is that a bass solo? Is well, it, like there feels like there's a bass solo. The bass in is there. super loud in the mix, man. Like yeah. I like, cranked Steve Harris's bass up in this part. call that a bass solo he's just kind of playing along with that instrumental part but they crank him up in the mix pretty loud that's really cool it's i love that you can hear that like cut through it's just uh it's awesome i think steve was like let me shine here for a minute (laughs) yeah 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 give steve a few minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then after that these like the keys come in and again where this is very cinematic sounding like it sounds like this isn't a made in gallop but it's like it does sound like a horseback kind of feel you know what i mean like riding into battle or something um and where it's so cinematic i know i keep saying like cinematic but like it really is it sounds like the score to like a a movie battle scene or something and like the keys work here is what i'm saying the keys i think here work more than like earlier in the album we're complaining about them i'm not complaining about them at all here um, it also sounds kind of like Seventh Sunish to me. Like the album that could be on Seventh Sun, this little part, the bass rumbling underneath, you know, the keys above it. It's like, it's like a movie soundtrack. So that part's pretty cool, and I mean, like I said, this is the payoff that you've been waiting for, and then you get the epic triple solo. Wait, now, before you lead into that, it's, it's Yannick that kicks it off. It's Yannick, yeah. Yeah, Yannick, and then it feeds into Dave, and then it's Adrian again? Yeah, I think that's the way it goes, yeah, Yannick, Dave, uh, and Adrian. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, that, that that's kind of my read on it, and... I love Yannick's solo here, man. Just kick that in. Let's play that. This has everything that I love about Yannick's playing, and it, like, sums yeah. up exactly what he contributes to Maiden's sound. Like, other than writing, like, amazing songs, like, this is what Yannick... To me, this is what Yannick is all about. Yeah. 
unmistakably Yannick, man. I love love that solo. And then that leads right into the Dave solo, which uh, this is a pretty good Dave solo, too. It's a good mix of, like, planned out and improvised. Um, it's got a lot of melody to it. It kind of calls back to the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner solo a little bit, like some of the guitar runs in there. But this is pretty cool. It gets the job done. That's standard, yeah, and it's and it's short, but you know what? I feel like I've heard that three or four different. Yeah, times, exactly. You know yeah, I mean? and uh, definitely that. Adrian cool. Smith comes in and like cleans up this part with like uh, it's a sh- it's short, but it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what Modern Maiden to me is all about. The three, the triple solo is like, that's just great. You know, it comes. I love it. Comes out of the solos too, and it doesn't let up. It just go totally full on rocking out at this point. Instrumental passage again, and it just, yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a different one though, in the sense that like the triple solos in the back are like a, a combined minute. And, you know, both the Dave and Adrian solo are like 15 seconds or like very, very small. But before that, Adrian has an early solo. Then you've got that giant bass line. You've got the keyboard feel. you got all that lead in. So it kind of stretches it quite a bit ways out because, you know, you're looking at you're like triple solo one minute. How long is this song? Oh, yeah, it's 27 minutes. It's like, you know, it's like so it does kind of feel. But when you realize that this instrumental second, which doesn't there's not a waste of moment in there. I mean, it keeps the momentum. Yeah. But it's about, you know, two, two and a half minutes. There is, like going the whole way there is another yeah. cool guitar part. It's not really a solo. It's like a guitar line. And I'm, a, I'm not sure. I don't know who plays it, but I'm assuming it's Yannick based on the tone. And like the keyboards kind of come in and merge with the guitar line. And it's, it sounds pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. That's a cool sounding little like guitar melody in there. Like, you know, they throw in some, some melody and I don't know. It's weird too. It's like calls back to the chorus. It's the, it's the melody of the chorus, but kind of done with guitar. So it's like kind of brings that back around again. And there's an extra beat in there too, or an extra bar or something. It's like the timing is weird in there, but it's, it's all about creating this like cinematic feel. And I think they do a great job of that in this song. Um, and then, you know, towards the end, then you get the intro again and the fade out. I love and it. And you're done. I know. Dying, a warrior Celt has no fear. Immortal, for he will live evermore. Like, the lyrics, just top to toe. Yeah. Read it, people. Go in there. like Because <laughs> there's some 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 you know ways that he pronounces things. Like, I when I first read it, I was like, oh, I misheard that. And, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with the lyrics in this track, among, among many on the album. 
It stands out for me. I don't know why. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting old, Nesbitt, but I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. There's there's some real good poetry, and you know I almost feel like they've engaged someone to help them write. No, I think it's I don't know if Steve that Harris sounds. Man. It just feels different. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's older it, it and wiser. Like <laughs> older and wiser, but but no, it's going in the. You know, you'd expect at this age in the in the tenure tenure to to simplify. But I don't feel that at all yeah, in the know. lyrics. I feel the lyrics have gotten, you know, they, they've. I I I can't say enough. I've been so impressed with the lyrics. There's across a lot the of world. lyrics in the song. I know that. <laughs> a ton. Yeah. Um, like, do you think the song is as good as the Klansman? Put you on the spot. Uh Well, that's a good question. At, if I never saw the Klansman live. Yeah. And based on how many times I listened to this versus how many times I listened to the Klansman from the studio before I saw it live, I would probably say this is a better song. You think? Having seen the Klansman live so many times. Yeah. I'm not caught up in the whole freedom thing. I'm not, you know, a lot of Canadians I just, have that I just, Scottish. It's nothing to do with the, uh, yeah, well, the ne- I'm a Nesbitt, so it's like a Scottish ancestry thing. But totally. it's not anything to do with that. And, I just think yeah. This song has a chorus, but the chorus of the Klansman kind of is something to. The chorus in the Klansman yeah. is it's. I know it's simpler and catchier or whatever, but like. You can latch onto it, and in this, this this it's it's a very wordy kind of chorus, and. I don't know. I, I feel like. The the chorus in the the chorus of the Klansman is what kind of. I, I think makes it a, a better song as far as like a rock metal song yeah you know what i mean like yeah like i remember I, the first couple of times i heard the song i don't think i even realized there was a chorus i was just kind of like where's the what's you know what i mean like and now i do yeah. and i do like the song and i love it so i think it's a very good song yeah. it's a very very good song maybe i don't know if i'd say it's a great song it's maybe a great song uh it has great parts I really, really, really like it. I would, I would maybe say that I love the song. Um, yeah. And it's it's long and repetitive and plotting. I don't agree with that at all. I wouldn't say plotting on this one actually. It's long. It's kind of long and repetitive, and it's a, it's a slow build. Yeah. Um. If you're into the modern new Maiden, you'll like the sort of stuff. You'll probably like it. If you bother it, if you don't like Maiden's new direction, you're not going to like the song, which is fine. Everyone doesn't have to like everything. I would yeah. say that. Um. I wish it had a more a, a chorus you could latch onto better, which is not that big yeah. of a deal. But like, you know, I love long songs. I listen to a lot of like, I listen to a lot of like uh, stoner metal where they like latch onto a riff and play it for ten minutes. So like, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Like, variations on a riff for minutes and after minute after minute is something I really enjoy. I guess it depends on if you like Iron Maiden doing that or if you don't. I don't mind it at all. Um. So yeah, really good song. Maybe a great song. Instrumental part in the solos elevate it from being a pretty decent Maiden song to being a really, really good Maiden song. Uh, but yeah. having said that, how much I love the song or how much I really, really like the song, uh, of the three epics, it's the least impressive. I think the parchment is twice as good. I'm not exaggerating. I think the parchment is twice as good as the song. Spoiler alert. This song, I think we're gonna have this song is really, really good. Yeah. As good as it is, it's no Klansman. It's no Hell on Earth. It's no Talisman. No. I don't think it's as good as Red in the Black. It's no Sign of the Cross. 
I don't think You're I think it's no it. greater the good of God. It's just like yeah. it's not up there in those upper level of songs to me. Yeah, but like you're comparing yeah. it to like I mean that's just not a fair comparison. I mean, you know, well it's it just is because the new. two songs after this I would put up in that class of song. Okay, fair enough. So out of fair the three, enough. I think this is kind of a step. Yeah. You know, it, it's very good and I really like it, but like, like yeah. I said, I think the parchment is twice as good. Okay, I want to. So I want to give you my perspective. So you know, spoiler for next episode, Canada, but like the parchment, spoiler. I think is perfection. <laughs> Really, yeah. I would say it's not perfection. I would say it's an excellent, an excellent track. Yeah. Um, but I feel much about the parchment as I do about this track, which is the I love this song. I think it's excellent. But to me, again, it's the same. Like what I loved about Darkest Hour, and I know a lot of people broke it down. There's people that that, that got opinions on that. Whatever. Darkest Hour hit the chord for me. You know, it's like when you hit that note, when you hit that spot, when you get that rock yep. out. When, to me, like the table is set. You know, like I'm a sports fan. There's nothing worse. There's nothing better when you get like overtime or you get third period and it's set up for that perfect goal and then that goal delivers. It's that magic. Yep. This song sets up – the 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 song is excellent. The lyrics are amazing. The story is good. I love the track. But it's a stage on which if there was just a little bit yes, more in a few spots, yeah. it could be Hallowed Be the Name. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I'm just like specifically in the lead into the solos and coming out of the solos. I'm like, I just wish there was a just a Bruce moment where he just went off. Right. And and in fairness, he does a bit in the, the, <laughs> the, the later tracks, which we'll talk about, which I, I do love. Yeah. I want to give another perspective. You compared it to, um, you know, um, the Klansman. Yeah. So, you know, I like to reiterate well, it's this. it's hard not to, just because counts. that's what everyone talked about yeah. when the song came out. Fair enough. And people came to us and they compared it to Dance of Death yeah. because of we, we made fun of the, the Celtic deedly dee in the middle. And, right, which and this song has none thing. of. This, has not, this yeah. song has absolutely nothing to do with, like, death, Totally. But death, people, people perceive that we had some Celtic bias, whatever. Look, Canada... And, you know, we're Newfoundlanders, so that's only so Canadian. I mean, your association to Scotland is really through your family line. I've been to Scotland many times. I lived in Ireland. I'm an Irish Newfoundlander. I don't have, like, there's all these Canadians who have this, like, Scottish thing going on. I love Scotland as, like, a, a, a brethren, been over there, met the people. But I don't have one of these, like, secret, I'm part Scottish things going on that a lot of Canadians have. So I don't have that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I would... So when I hear the de- when I hear Celts, I interpret it as Irish. Now I know that the Scots are Celts, as are the Cornish, as are the the Welsh. Um, but to me, you know, so I I put this one closer to my heart than the Klansmen, which to me is I I, I view Scottish as you know the, I I don't consider myself Scottish, and it's so funny because just twice in the last couple of weeks, you know, I was traveling the U.S. and then, you know through calls, I've had multiple people say I'm Scotch Irish. Right, which I was like, "What in the f is that?" Right, it's like Scotch Irish, like you know that means that you've never been to Scotland or Ireland. You really don't know anything. <laughs> it's like my parents are from over there, or I have, I have, you know, I, I bought a plaque from some guy in New York who told me I'm from there. Scotch Irish. I mean, it means nothing, right? So, but um, and you know, not to knock any of these people. Some people mean that they were Scottish and Irish and blended. So I'm trying not to be too too negative, but. You know, I do see a difference. So when you say, like, compared to Klansmen, Death of the Celts, to me, I, I view it culturally two different things. I'm not right? – the, read... the culture doesn't even – is not even part of my argument this whole episode. Like, it has absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. 
but it influences I'm me. Just, I'm just measuring song against song. Forget about like what culture they're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So when he's talking about a Celtic warrior, I'm thinking about an Irish Celtic warrior, not in any way a comparable. So that's why I don't compare them directly. I can only compare them from a music perspective. And in that way, one is just a memorable pop pop culture reference that's really a hook, and this one is uh, a, an epic that's got some amazing instrumentals that gets you there. And the one fault is that it doesn't have the, just that that extra bit. That's that's the one thing that and that to me would make it a ten. And it's just not a ten for me. It's 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 an eight or a nine. It's an excellent song. Yeah. I it's love build, it. It's build, 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 really and there it. is a payoff, but the the build is bigger. The payoff isn't big enough for the build that they that they set up on this one. Totally. Yeah. And and you know what? If I was to maybe sum up some of my criticisms of this album, you know, and and if someone says, "Geez, Josh loves Darkest Hour so much," you know. Maybe it's because it's the song that got there. Like, so many times in this album, like, Writing on the Wall, Love It, Contextually, Came in Early, all the things. But, like, Lost and Lost World, what did I say? I, I really love the track. Just didn't quite get there for me. Uh, Days of Future Past, same exact thing. Right? Time Machine, Dark Sour, not getting yep. into that. This one, same thing. You know, Days of Future Past is another example where I feel like it could have gone another level. And that, that doesn't mean that every single Maiden song now I want it to be just some, like, Bruce screaming epic at the end. But, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to turn it down either. So I just feel that there's a little bit left on the table here. That's the downside. But I absolutely love the solos. I love the, yeah, me the too. bass lines. Yeah. I, I love really the love the instrumental part. I love the lyrics. The yeah, it's great. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm kind of nitpicking. Yeah. I'm nitpicking, but too. But if, I, I really do yeah. like this song. I love it. But, like... But if there was there, the the lyrics are so good. If there was a few moments where they just took a few of it and just cranked it, and you know just went that, that rather than rolling in at the pace they did and then dying and leading into the souls, if they just amped it up way more and shortened it and accelerated the pace and hit a new height. I mean, it just to me, there's just who knows where the song would be. To me, it could be, you know, up there. Yeah. And and the later epics. What I love about the later epics is they go that layer. Yeah. Up. They go that next yeah. level. So I don't want to, I know I'm, I'm dying to talk about the parchment now because uh, I'm like teed right up to like talk about it, but I'll, I'll wait till next week. <laughs> so next totally. week we'll get into the parchment, which uh, I think is like perfection. <laughs> it's an excellent track. Uh, this beer is great. Beer is fantastic. Town site Irish stout. Absolutely. It's a good, good, solid uh, maiden track. Good, solid. Uh, beer. Yeah. Yeah, and we're getting there. We got two more to go. Yeah. So and then we're done. And, and we should we drop an episode after this one? Should we interrupt the Sinjitsu episodes with an episode about our trip? Yes. Okay. So maybe we'll we interrupted on like we did three episodes and then we interrupted on the set list reveal. So maybe we'll yeah. interrupt again with like a, a recap of to. our of our Europe trip. Well, we can't do it after. We can't be like. Yeah, yeah, end, you want to do it like, right now. Oh, uh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah, you don't want to be talking about the trip when all you've got left are memories and visa bills. Yeah, so we're <laughs> you got to talk. You got to talk about it in the moment when you're there, so like we're... half facing a kebab. <laughs> we're recording you know this mean? one right before we leave, and it's coming out the day before we get back. So the okay. After, the next so this whole explanation this, is probably <laughs> no. The episode this is probably when, be when people are listening to this, 
Mm. No, they'll it'll the next episode after this will be a recap, I guess, of our trip. Yeah. How about this? If you've if you've heard <laughs> our, our our recap, ignore everything we're saying right now. All right. No, this is past. This is past. Future past. Josh, coming from a time is. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the rant of future past. I don't know how many more episodes are left before we go uh, into That's hibernation right. again until the next Maiden release. We're going back into Cold Fusion, baby. <laughs> oh, anyway, look, it's been been a slice. Until next time, up the irons, down the hops.